Hi everyone, welcome to Cancer Healing Journey Talks. Myself Sonali Modi from Community Outreach Team of ZenOnco.io and Love Heals Cancer. We guide cancer patients on adopting an integrative oncology treatment approach. We help them find the balance between medical treatment and complementary treatment therapies. We help our patients with our team of oncologists, lab experts, nutritionists, and other healthcare professionals so that we can improve the treatment outcome for patients. We also help in connecting patients with other cancer survivors who are going through this journey currently. And we also share inspirational journeys to motivate cancer warriors who are going through this journey currently. So firstly, I would like to introduce you to today's speaker, Ms. Thoral. She's a cancer warrior. I'm happy that you're here with us today to share your story. So over to you, Thoral. Please start with the introduction. Thank you so much for having me on this platform, Sonali. I'm Thoral. I um, live in London, UK, and I'm a breast cancer warrior or survivor. I've had breast cancer three times. The first time I was diagnosed, I was only 29 years old and I was finishing my master's in nutritional medicine, specializing in cancer after having gone to medical school. So whilst I knew all about the kind of technical aspects and the cellular aspects of cancer, I then had to deal with having cancer myself. And luckily it was caught at a very early stage because I was very um, aware that we need to check our breasts monthly to see if there's anything lumps nipple changes, dimples or any differences. So I was doing that regularly and I found this lump. And because my mother had breast cancer and my Marcy, my mom's sister had breast cancer, I was very aware of doing this at a very young age. So I found the first breast cancer and I actually, it was such an early stage. We, I had to have a mastectomy though, because it had spread around the breast. And that was very sad for me as a, a young lady who wasn't married to lose my breast because I think our breasts are a massive part of our femininity and feeling like a woman. So for me, that was absolutely emotionally devastating. And now I've got used to it. Um, and I kept really well. I'm a nutritional scientist, so I've used nutrition and lifestyle massively to help support my cancer journey. And obviously I, I've studied that before I had cancer, so that helped. So for me, maintaining a good diet which lots of fruits and vegetables, um, having not too much processed food or sugar or unhealthy fats was really, really important. And that, now I've taken that even deeper with my research. And lifestyle is important too. So making sure you get enough sleep, making sure you exercise. One of the things that as South Asians that we don't do very well is exercise. And what we know now is that exercising vigorously, so you're very out of breath, can actually reduce your cancer risk of reoccurrence, in particularly in breast cancer, by up to 50%. So we really, as younger women who have dealing with cancer, we need to really put exercise as part of our kind of lifestyle. So for me, I was doing a lot of exercise. I was doing triathlons and all sorts of things in those days. Sadly, I was diagnosed again in um, 2018 uh, when I was 42 and last year, so this year, and I've just had something called a Dieppe flap reconstruction because I've had breast cancer for a third time. Um, and they've been very tiny, but because I've had to have it removed and I didn't have enough skin left, I had something called a Dieppe flap reconstruction where they've taken the skin and fat and blood vessels from my stomach and transplanted it to my breast to make a new breast. This time around, it was a little bit more invasive and because it kept, keeps reoccurring in the skin, because originally I had a skin sparing mastectomy, I had to have radiation. So I had radiation over the whole chest area. And I'm also on a hormone treatment called tamoxifen. Tamoxifen is an estrogen blocker that blocks estrogen. Some of us have 
estrogen positive breast cancer, which means that the estrogen in our body makes the cancer grow. So they've tried to block it. Unfortunately, I've had a lot of side effects with the tamoxifen. Um, and I, I've had this every time I've had cancer. So we, we started with a very low dose this time, a quarter dose of five milligrams. And actually I'm having a little break for it now because it keeps giving me really bad headaches. So having had breast cancer young, it's something, my health has been something I'm very, very aware of. And I'm really conscious that we really need to look after health because we only have one body. And so for me, trying to manage all of this, so I've got deeper and deeper involved in the integrative oncology and functional medicine community, not as a patient, but as a healthcare professional. So part of my work is really looking at the research of diet and lifestyles. And now I go around all over the UK and abroad, giving talks about how we can use diet and lifestyle and I explain why certain foods can help us, why alcohol doesn't help us, why exercise is important. One of the things that's quite interesting, particularly in our South Asian community, is that we require more exercise than white Caucasian people. So the latest evidence has shown that most governments are recommending people do at least 150 minutes of exercise a week. As South Asians, we need to do at least 230 minutes a week. So that is approximately 45 minutes a day. So that's quite interesting. The other thing as South Asians is we're more likely to have insulin resistance. And now we're starting to understand that with insulin resistance, which is the basis of diabetes, we're actually more likely to have breast cancer. Not as South Asian because we're South Asian, but if you have diabetes, you're 20% more likely to have breast cancer. So I think all of these things are really important and important for patients to think about. So it's not just having a low calorie diet and trying to stay slim, it's about what we eat, when we eat and how we eat. So mm -hmm. all of these things can make a difference. Yeah, so at what stage was your cancer diagnosed and what were the initial so, symptoms? So the first time I was diagnosed actually at DCIS, ductal carcinoma in situ, with a tiny bit of micro-measure of stage one. And that mm -hmm. was at 29. And I could just feel a lump. I literally, and I waited for one of my periods, my monthly cycles to pass to see if it would go. Because sometimes lumps appear, especially as younger ladies. And it didn't go. So then I showed my mom and then I went to my doctor. And then obviously we had to start the kind of um, process. Because the thing with me was that because younger women have very dense breasts when you mammogram them you often can't see it so this was found they couldn't see it on the mammogram but on the ultrasound they could really see it so that was the first time so all I had then was the mastectomy the second time it was very interesting so it was I'd had a mastectomy and I had the skin left from previously all I can say is that the scar felt different and I showed my physio osteopath and she agreed because she's doing a lot of scar tissue breakdown for me. She said, I, I agree with you. It just feels different. And we couldn't explain why. Um, and I, I think the part of it is because I'm so involved in health and well-being, I know my body very well. So then I went to my um, my team because also it was over, it was 12 and a half years in between the first and the second cancer, which is very long for a cancer patient. Normally, if people are going to get reoccurrence, they get it in the first five years. So it was quite unusual. And they were a little bit like, no, 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 can't be anything. I was like, well, I, there is something happening. I'm, I, I, I know. And then they did a, um, a, a MRI and they found that. And then this time round, because we hadn't really finished treatment because COVID pandemic came up and I'd had a PET scan just before the COVID pandemic where we weren't sure, but then that all got forgotten because of the COVID pandemic. So I just started getting a lot of pain in my shoulder 
and I knew there was something that wasn't right. And because of I had previously an implant, when you the implant was behind the muscles, anything that happened with within the breast, it affected the muscle and that gave me pain. So that was a good indication for me that um, mm. there was something not right. And so, and that pain wasn't the type of pain you can massage away or stretch away. It was just consistently there. So that's when I went back to the hospital um, and asked them to do a scan. And, you know, again, it's been quite difficult in the COVID pandemic because you don't want to be in hospitals. And also they're just so over busy that, but you have to insist if you think there's something wrong with you, you must insist because you know you're, you're the expert in your body. They aren't the expert in cancer, but you are the expert in your body. Yeah. So like what treatment you underwent? So um, I've had three sets of surgery, well, more than three sets of surgery, many sets of surgery. But the first one had a mastectomy only. And then the hormone treatment, tamoxifen, the estrogen blocker. Unfortunately, I didn't last very long. So I had very bad side effects. So maybe it lasted four or five weeks. The second time uh, I had a lumpectomy, but it was this very tiny stage one cancer, like less than, you know, less than two centimeters. So they removed that just from the skin and it was literally in the skin because that was the only part of the breast that was left from the mastectomy and um they thought about radiotherapy at the time but they didn't do that in hindsight i think they should have done it um and the the the, the reason was because again when you're young if you give people radiation and it doesn't necessarily need it it can cause other cancers um so that's why i didn't do that and again tried hormone treatment again didn't work for me and then this time around I've had the major surgery because I had to remove the skin. What we realize is it keeps coming back in the skin. So there must be a couple of cells left in the skin. So remove the skin, have that transfer. And then I've had uh, radiotherapy, th three weeks of radiotherapy daily and the tamoxifen, which is the estrogen blocker, which I've had for eight months now. And I'm having a little break now and then we'll see. Mm. Yeah, so during such times, it's very important to have a support system. So who was your major support system along with your family? Um, so my mom, it's been really hard because this time, I think the first time I, you know, when I was 29, it was in normal times. And, you know, I had so many friends and family because everyone wasn't necessarily married then. Everyone had a lot more time. The last two times it's been a lot harder because most of my friends have, are married with children and I'm not married. And so that was very hard. Um, but I've got a couple of really, really, really good friends. Uh, my best friend Janelle, who unfortunately has moved to LA at the moment, but we speak daily. I've got some other really good friends, like family friends, male friends, female friends, and mm. they've been excellent. Um, my two cousins in Canada um, have been fantastic. And this time around, it's been very hard because I've been doing it all in the COVID pandemic. In the UK, it was in lockdown, so no one could come and see me. And so it was very, very hard. It was literally my parents and my cousin that stayed with me or my friend that stayed with me after surgery. Other than that, I couldn't see anyone for the first two months. And that was very emotionally difficult for me. Once we were allowed to meet outside for walks and I could walk more than, you know, but that was two months later. So part of it was very difficult this time because of this whole COVID pandemic. And like in the UK, we had very strict lockdown. Hmm. So how did you manage your emotional well-being during those times? Uh, as I, I've got a couple of really good friends. One of my friends is a psychologist and she actually come and stayed with me after surgery. So we talked a lot about some of the different emotions. And while she's not a cancer specialist, she was very good at listening. I've got another friend called Layla who let me just cry on the phone and she wouldn't even 
feel like she had to say anything and she was brilliant and my friend my best friend and we talked a lot but I also have a psychotherapist and I'm doing a lot of work with her so in the lockdown we had to have zoom sessions but we had already built up a relationship so I'd started seeing her in 2018 after I was diagnosed for the second time because I found it very there was a lot of trauma from it because having cancer young and then having it come back it, it's very a traumatic thing so those were my main kind of outlets and then as soon as I could exercise for me that was a big outlet um and then also things like having a gratitude journal um meditating breath work all of those things are very important to help maintain my emotional well-being yeah so what were the things that helped you and made you happy on this journey Food. <laughs> I really love food. So having good food and be able to cook good food with my friends and family really helped. I think really digging deep into the meditation and breath work. I think being joyful of the very small things like going outside for a walk when the sun was shining, um, you know, seeing a friend for a coffee, um, just be able to exercise more little tiny things having little cards from my nephews whom I really love but they live far away in Hong Kong so just very I think you have to be when you're doing these kind of things particularly in a lockdown and pandemic situation you have to be very grateful for the very tiny things um, and it might be because somebody's called you it might be because you got to go for a walk in the sunshine you or you know or you we did we did something really nice in the UK when all the restaurants and things are shut a lot of the restaurants were doing restaurant boxes where the food would come almost prepared and you finish it off at home. So I did a lot of that with my mom and dad and we made the restaurant experience at home and that was quite joyful. I spent a lot of time with my parents and I've really appreciated that as they age, you know, it's been, yeah. we, we've watched, we, we had a thing where we used to watch Indian movies and then I'd make chai and we would just relax and my parents don't relax they're not they're just always doing something they would come here because I couldn't do that much physically for so long they had to sit with me and that was really nice and then we'd cook dinner so it's the joyful things yeah because always value the small things in life because at the end of the day those are the things that you will crave for for your entire life yeah, yeah. one of the other things that was really nice is during the lockdown period um and I got lots of plants in my apartment and I've never had plants because I travel a lot. So I've been really joyful watching my plants grow <laughs> and things like small things like that. So yeah. it's been good. Hmm. So did you make any lifestyle changes during after the treatment? Um, not really, because that was really my area of expertise and I was already doing that. So I think part of the sadness was that I've always been so strict with my diet and lifestyle. What I have noticed though, is in lockdown and before that, I have gained some weight through that period. So for me, that's been quite important to start to lose that weight because what we know is your risk of breast cancer increases if you're overweight or obese. So it's all of those, being lonely and in lockdown you know I was eating probably more biscuits and cakes and you know just junk food because I was at home um and, and, and normally in in the London I walk a lot I walk at least 15,000 steps and I wasn't doing that because we couldn't go anywhere so <laughs> you know that made a difference so that's one thing and also the other thing is I've realized I've started really focusing on my sleep so my sleep I'm not the best sleeper I've never been a good sleeper so now I'm really protective of my sleep so I don't have my phone in my room um, between like 11 and 8, I um, take some supplements to help me sleep. I do meditation before I sleep. I have, you know, all of the things to help 
because sleep is such an important part of health. So I think that, I mean, the nutrition part and the exercise part I was already doing, but I think having this sleep and then getting involved in using, I, I'm a nutrigenomic practitioner and you, using that technology of looking at my, the small mutations in my genes, I've been using that a lot more and personalizing my diet a lot more. So I'm having a lot of cruciferous vegetables more of having like and dark green leafy vegetables because what i know is that my estrogen metabolism is not brilliant um and the detoxification because when we have estrogen in our bodies we need to to use it and then detox it from our body and bind it and then you know eliminate it and so what i'm noticing is i'm not good at that from the scientific testing and so i'm eating a lot of broccoli and broccoli sprouts and cabbage and all that kind of food and then dark green leafy greens like you know spinach and stuff so just to help me a little bit so I'm having probably three portions a day which is quite a lot but just to help my body um, with that system and then you know, making sure I have protein and zinc and things like that after surgery to help heal so that was really important yeah so what do people need to expect when they get this cancer type I think every single person is different. Breast cancer is, whilst you know, it is one disease, it's actually many diseases in many ways. And the, there are two different types. There's the ductal type and there's the lobular type for a star. Most people get ductal. Um, and I think to be prepared is it's going to change your life. You're not going to be the same person. So whether you have just surgery or whether you go for surgery, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, hormone treatment, there's going to be side effects and it is going to leave a lasting impact on your body. Your body is not going to be the same, but you can learn to love it again. And I think that's really important. The more you love it and nurture it, the more likely you are to heal and recover. And I think for me, that journey of self-love and self-nurturing and self-care has been really, really important. Surgery can be very debilitating. Um, and you do want to, depending which one you go for, but particularly after mastectomy, you want to have physio, you want to have someone who's really going to help you to move your hand again and your arm again, because it's such a, you know, we need to use our arms and sometimes, you know, that's not always available. And then really like nurturing your body from the inside out with, with the nutrition and, but at the same time, not blaming yourself because these things happen. Yeah, because uh, as you know, that self-examination is very important nowadays. Because often if we skip that part, uh, we are so much involved with our day-to-day -day lives, with work, with everything, with our family that we often ignore our own body. So what do you think is the importance of self-examination, especially for women and why? So I think we've got to remember that in our culture as Indian women, we're often taught to put everyone else first. And I think we need to reclaim the time for ourselves and that self-care. So I, things that would be a useful thing to do are to put appointment in your diary for you to have time for yourself, whether that's daily, whether it's daily meditation, exercise, all of those things. But then monthly, somewhere in the middle of your cycle, put in an appointment for you to check your breath. And there are lots of videos to show how you can do this because you need to use very flat hands and you need to check under your armpits and your collarbone too. And the importance of knowing your own body means that if there are any changes, whether it's a breast or anything else, maybe your period or your cycle or anything else, then you're very aware and you can go to the doctor and mm. don't leave it for months on end. If you notice something unusual, whether it's with your bowel habits or your breast or whatever it might be, your period cycle, watch it, examine it, make notes and then go to your doctor because it's very, very important. They're not going to know what's normal for you. Only you know what is normal for you. Yeah. 
you know there are times when you feel that it's too much to handle but you still don't give up so what was the one thing that kept you motivated and kept you going on such days i think i'm just really stubborn <laughs> so like i'm not ready to go yet um which made a difference but also just i know i've got so much knowledge to offer people like i i went to medical school with a view to becoming an oncologist and it wasn't the right career for me and i realized that when we had breast cancer you know my mom had breast cancer during that time but what i realized is by using nutrition lifestyle doing my masters in nutrition nutritional medicine going off on year further and become a functional medicine practitioner i cannot i am and, and having had breast cancer three times myself i can use that lived experience and that education to help thousands of other women like me who've been in that situation and that's kind of what's kept me going and even in the difficult times i've continued doing my talks and all the work because actually hearing from other patients that i've helped them makes a massive difference to me yeah every crisis in life teaches you a particular lesson and it teaches it us does. a particular <laughs> lesson yeah so what life lessons has this cancer journey taught you so i think really this time around it's really taught me that self love and self care i haven't i haven't done that uh it's not natural for me and so really learning to put myself first and parent myself and not abandon myself so if i made a choice that i only going i'm going to go to the gym every other day i don't let say someone say oh i'm going to let's go for lunch let's go for coffee if it doesn't fit and i'm not saying you should put that in front of them but for what i'm doing what's right for my body before i'm trying to fit into everyone else's plans and that's such an important part of self care so for me in the mornings i have told everyone i'm not going to have any meetings before 9am because i need that time to do my meditation and breath work because otherwise it's not good for my brain or my body so it's being very clear about your boundaries and i think for me that's been such a big lesson and just learning to put myself first and not feel guilty and ask for help that's been a massive lesson for me Yeah so do you think that cancer has changed you in a positive way 100% it's it's a club you don't want to join but once you join it you fight you can find stuff would i wish it never happened to me i think it's because i had cancer so young i think i can't imagine what it'd be like to be an adult now really without it um but it has it's brought me a lot of confidence it's put me down a real personal development journey which i never would have gone down maybe if i hadn't gone through that experience it's made me realize that there's so much more important stuff i'm not interested in things at all i'm not interested in the latest clothes or the handbags or like fashion or any of those things but i'm really interested in experiences i'm interested in helping people i don't want to do small talk anymore i want to just make a difference in this world and i think for me that's just made me have purpose. Mm, yeah. So like what was your first reaction when your reports were showing that you are cancer free? Um I don't know if there was a kind of a moment. Like I never thought that wouldn't happen. Like in my head I was like yeah I'm going to beat this it's done. So the first time round I think that I I I just knew that I wasn't going to let beat me and I also knew it was very early stage. There wasn't a dramatic moment. But it did mean that once you you know from a the five year when you pass the five year mark of no evidence of disease it's quite a big thing i was like great kind of over this and then you move forward and then you stop worrying that it's coming back mm-hmm. so there is that moment i think now i'm just very conscious that it can come back at any time and we need to be vigilant and look after our bodies all the time and not not kind of let go of things yeah so like how was your life after cancer 
so my life had a lot more purpose because I knew I wanted to make a difference so um it also meant I just took opportunities to do different things and I didn't wait for tomorrow so one of the things was I moved to France for, for ski season and I lived there and that was great and I wouldn't have done that necessarily you know with the cancer I felt too old um I just really try and learn as much as possible and and do the things I want without waiting because I don't know what's around the corner and I think that's really important just really live living life in the moment for now but at the same time thinking about the future yeah definitely so like how did you overcome your fear of treatment or side effects oh it's really hard to overcome it I think what you do is you become able to accept it and, and at peace with it so for me it was trying to do everything possible I could to minimize side effects I did a lot of research so one of the things that's really interesting is the research shows that if you exercise before every chemotherapy or radiotherapy session it can help reduce the risk of side effects so I got a, a spinning bike and I exercise every time before I went to the hospital for my radiotherapy at least 20 minutes so that you know helped I also um, do quite a lot of work with medicinal mushrooms and I started taking a, a medicinal mushroom preparation, which is specially for breast cancer patients to help with the side effects of both the tamoxifen and the radiotherapy. Um, and so that was my way of controlling things. Also putting structures in place to know that I would have to rest. You know, I got loads of food in my freezer in case no one could come. And so things like that. And that just helped me to be in control. Um, everyone's different. I mean, I know that if I would have to have chemotherapy I would consider fasting because the latest evidence does show that fasting can help reduce side effects but I think you have to do what's right for you because you only know you know what your journey is yeah so gratitude seems to be the biggest strength to fight the situation so what were you ever so grateful for that uh, made you always calm down after thinking or revisiting that memory oh that's quite a hard question I think I'm just really grateful that I get to use my experiences to help other people i think it's remembering all the small things that happen in the day so every night i write a list of things i'm grateful for sometimes it's really basic things like delicious food or my bed or and other things it's like much bigger things like oh i got to talk to these people and make a difference i got to work on this research panel you know so it really it depends you know or i'm going to go on holiday or whatever it might be um and i think having that list every night before you go to bed whatever the things are, they may be really small. Some days you might have to really think hard, but I write at least five things. It doesn't matter, at least five things, because then when you go to bed like that, you're in a much more positive mindset. Hmm. So you have, have you ever asked yourself this question, why me? And if yes, then how you coped with it? I have, but it's been a long time since I've asked that question. What I say is why not me? What I would say is when I first had breast cancer, all my friends, I would never wish it upon any of them. And I was best able to cope with it because I had the physical training in dealing with cancer. Uh, I was physically healthy and fit. I was very slim, strong, healthy, fit. I was doing triathlons, as I said. And my mother had been through breast cancer. So, you know, my degree was, I look at cell biology and cancer, my master's in medicine, you know, nutritional medicine and cancer. So I really felt best place. So it was like, why not me? Why? Yeah, there'd been lots of times where I do think, why me? Why am I going through this again? This is so distressing. And why am I not met anybody? And has it affected my chances of marriage? And all of those things. I'm not going to lie. I do think that. But most of the time I think, I don't want this to happen, my friends. So maybe I can handle it best. 
and from this I can learn so much to share with other people as we're doing now yeah so like how was the experience with the doctors and other medical staff so I'm quite lucky because I checked, I, I, I chose my team after I was initially diagnosed in a local hospital. I went to a national center of excellence in the UK and I chose my doctor. I met quite a few and I had this lovely team and, and they're brilliant. One of them has retired, uh, but he's like my uncle and the other ones, you know, my uncle like, is my uncle because he's seen me grow up in 15 years. Um, so I have a really good uh, relationship I have a really good relationship with my breast cancer nurse now this time around and she's been a lot more instrumental this time around uh, we, we we see each other as friends and that, I think that's been really important I have had other people that I haven't gotten on well with for a variety of reasons but you have to also like think about what's right for you so for example this time around I changed my oncologist because I didn't feel heard by the previous one and for me, that was really important. So you're entitled to ask for change. And the new oncologist is great because she really listens to me. And I feel like she's not just, my side effects have been very intense with the tamoxifen. And she's been really good at listening and helping me try. She's not been very good at helping me manage because I don't think they're very good in the hospital at that. But um, she's been very good at listening. And I think that's been really useful. So what would be a message to other cancer patients and caregivers? Firstly, breathe. It is really stressful. It's really upsetting. But try and build a good support network around your friends and family. There are some people who are not going to be able to cope. I've lost four good friends this year who just couldn't, they had too much going on in their lives and they didn't have the capacity for me. And I've, their friendships, you know, lost now. And that was very sad for me. But if build up, have a people that you can be honest with, that you can trust and, and do the preparation and research. Don't look too much on Google, but do ask other people what's useful because I think when you're going to surgery, having certain underwear or certain things is really helpful so that you're when you're in hospital. And I think those things, the more you, for me, being in control was really important. So the more I could find out, that's not going to be right for everyone. That's different because I'm medical, but for other people, like really have that support network, do the research you need to do and be as prepared as possible. It is a tough ride. It's a tough journey. And don't be afraid to cry. I, I literally, I still, even last night, I cried for about two hours. You know, to get it out of your system. Talk to someone. Don't be afraid of asking for help because it is difficult. Yeah. So what do you think are the stigmas attached to cancer and the importance of awareness for it? I think the stigmas are that we sort of, in our culture, feel like we've done something, you know, bad, like have karma from our previous lives or it's a taboo and we don't talk about it. And it's, you shouldn't talk about breasts and your genitals and all of those things. And I think we have to talk about it because those are parts of our body. And we are like one of the leading nations in India, you know, of scientists and doctors and all of these things. So we have to be a bit more upfront about it. The taboos are like the whole thing. I remember being wheeled down to my surgery. It was an Indian anesthetist. And she said, don't worry, I won't tell anyone because I know you want to get married. And in my head, I was like, hey, you can't tell anybody because you're, you're not allowed to your Hippocratic Oath. But B, I'm going to be open about it because they're going to know I've had breast cancer. I'm not going to hide it. If you hide it, they're making it wrong. You're making it taboo. I'm not going to hide it. And I think that's been the best thing I realized. And that was something I realized within the first two weeks of being diagnosed. So yeah. it's really just, and anyone who's toxic, get rid of them. Get rid of them from your life. Yeah, because uh, if you surround yourself with toxic people, then your mind will be diverted to that only. So you won't, uh, yeah. So you won't get, be able to get that positive vibes and uh, don't have a positive mindset then. 
so it's better to yeah. get rid of such people yeah so what is an act of kindness you will never forget oh, there's so many acts of kindness it's so hard but you know i think recently one of my really good friends she's a doctor her husband's very sick he's a surgeon but despite that she has come and visited me in the lockdowns to go for a walk because she knew i was in difficulty and that's an act of kindness i will never forget hmm one line message for the world be yourself unashamedly but do your best be kind yeah so how do you basically reward yourself when you achieve any goal <laughs> well i have been rewarding myself with food but that's not a good one but i think it's like at the moment i'm rewarding myself with experiences so you know going to the theater going to an art gallery seeing a friend for a meal or a coffee you know those sorts of things going to a yoga class that i really want to go to and i think or a sound bath i love a sound bath um and i'm just trying to keep it because i think i don't really want material things i would like something experiential yeah so you know uh, often people don't get the support from their friends or family and so what do you want to tell to such people that uh, how what is the importance of support groups according to you yeah i think patient support groups are great because only those patients can really understand what you're going through i was so lucky because my mom had it so she could she always understands what i'm going through my aunt understands what i'm going through but most people from my family especially this time they found it very hard to understand what i've gone through my two cousins who are boys who live here literally cannot understand it and their lack of empathy has been awful but patient support groups they understand they you can talk to them about things and when i had breast cancer the first time it was very hard but eventually i found a group of younger women with breast cancer and we could talk about the things like our eyebrows or you know all of those things that we wanted to talk about what clothes you wear what bras you wear like when you've had a mastectomy and you know how do you make yourself look beautiful so i think it's really important to find other people that you can share your journey with and i'm lifelong friends with some of those girls still some of them have sadly died but some of them i'm literally never going to stop being friends with them because they get me in a way that no one else can ever understand yeah so like how do you feel more positive for me exercise helps me to feel more positive anything that i've got that's negative it shakes off that energy doing yoga literally shaking myself off those are the kind of things that help me because sometimes i find it very hard when my emotions are stuck in my body so i need to go and do something physical but that's me personally so yeah so what have you learned over the years that would lead you to a better future <sighs> what a big question I think that are you going to stress about whatever's upsetting you are you going to stress about it in 1 year's time or 5 years time if not then just don't give it too much thought because I know I'm one of those people that once I get upset I just feel very upset like someone was bullying me recently and then I thought hang on a second in 6 months time am I even going to worry about it? no okay I'm just going to put her over there and that's the end of that yeah so if you have to sum up your journey in one sentence then what would that be It's like climbing Mount Everest in flip-flops but eventually get there and the view is worth it. Hmm. So you are a working professional, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, so like how did you manage your personal and emotional professional life during those times when you were like fighting this battle? So I think the second time I I didn't have much time off so I had like two or three weeks off and I was back at work. This time around it's obviously been a bit longer and harder with the surgery. So I prepared all my clients and patients and had um i think 3 weeks off post surgery and then with radiotherapy 
our very, very kind, amazing, um, integrative oncologist did say, take time off halfway through radiotherapy onwards. And actually I didn't believe it, but then when I remembered it, I started to feel really tired and I just did. And I just realized that my health is more important than everyone, you know, anyway, I can't give to other people if I'm not feeling good. So then I had three weeks off again and that made a massive difference. And also I've slowly got into work. So rather than going in hundred percent, I did started with 50%. No, I started with two hours and three hours, four hours, you know, and that made a difference for me. And I, you know, I was working from home because of the lockdown and, you know, so from that perspective, it made it a bit more manageable as well. So. Yeah. So at Zen Oncolo.io, we work toward the betterment of cancer patients, like through integrated oncology approach. So what are your thoughts on the same? I am all for integrative holistic approach to, to all cancer treatment. And I am part of the Integrative Oncology Society in the UK. And I think we need to have the traditional treatments alongside diet, lifestyle, complementary therapies. I found acupuncture very helpful this time to deal with pain uh, and some other side effects. Um, you know, things like, like Reiki, um, what else have I been using? Reflexology, head massage, all of those things. I think it's so important. And also looking at things like your diet and lifestyle, which traditional medicine doesn't look at. It's so important. Yeah, so like, thank you so much for your valuable time total. And I hope this session really motivates people out there who are traveling or who have traveled through this journey. So it was lovely having you here today on this session with us. So once again, thank you so much. Thank you for having me.